Hi, I'm Connie Loises. And this is Alex Gove. And this is Strictly VC Download. Hello, it is Friday, April 30th, and we are pretty excited to be breaking out of Strictly VC headquarters increasingly, including to go earlier this week to what was truly one of the worst warrior games you could see, let alone see in person. We hesitate to use the word bloodbath, but we did feel over the quarters that our family's spirit, at least, was slowly dying. All this said, our hearts truly go out to those elsewhere in the world, and particularly in India, where the pandemic is still raging out of control. We feel very lucky to be here right now in the U.S., At the same time, a year and a half into this global disaster, we're very, very concerned. In brighter news, we so enjoyed our chat with this week's guest, repeat entrepreneur Joe Laluz, who has sold two companies that he founded with longtime collaborator Aaron Henshaw. They sold their first company to Etsy. Then in January of this year, they sold their newest company to Coinbase, which is continuing to run that outfit, Bison Trails, as an independent product line. You'll hear why that is in just a bit. He's really personable, and he had some interesting things to say about a major shift afoot in the crypto world. But first, some news. The Financial Times is reporting today that Andreessen Horowitz is raising a new $1 billion cryptocurrency fund, an amount that is almost double the size of its last crypto fund. A16Z famously was the largest institutional investor in Coinbase and owns almost 16% of the company, a stake that was worth approximately $11.2 billion when Coinbase went public on April 14th. Andreessen isn't the only fund that smells opportunity. Pantera Capital is apparently also in the market to raise a $600 million blockchain fund. Pantera, which generated a 3.8x return on its last fund of $175 million, has been investing in the space since 2013. Although the FT didn't have much to say about Paradigm, a $1 billion crypto fund that counts Harvard and Yale as investors, it's doubtful that Paradigm needs to raise outside capital at all. Paradigm's co-founder, Fred Ersum, also co-founded Coinbase, and according to Forbes, personally owns about 6% of the company. Clearly, old money stalwarts like Harvard and Yale are increasingly seeing the virtues of investing in these new money funds. Yesterday, for example, Fidelity Investments, which has $10 trillion in assets under management, announced that it is rolling out a new cryptocurrency analytics platform called Sherlock to help its institutional investors track their bits and bytes. Although Coinbase's stock price has declined almost 30% from its opening day high of $429, the smart money seems to be betting that when it comes to crypto, the best is yet to come. Since last week, President Joe Biden has been trying to build public support for a roughly $2.3 trillion plan that aims to bolster U.S. infrastructure. Whether Biden can win over skeptics and others who oppose the plan because of his expense is very much an open question, but seemingly there is a lot for Silicon Valley investors to get excited about, from those focused on prop tech to material science to climate change. The reason... Much of the spending would flow toward fixing buildings and utilities, improving passenger and freight railways, upgrading roads and bridges, and on other aspects of transportation, including spending to build charging stations for electric vehicles. 
One venture firm that, among others, is well poised to capitalize on all this momentum is Eclipse Ventures, a Palo Alto venture firm that was founded by entrepreneur Lior Susan and is co-run by a former CEO of Flextronics and some former employees of the electric bus company Proterra, among others. Susan has already been in touch with a manufacturing task force organized by the administration, and as he told us earlier this week, The fact is the current administration is going to pour hundreds of billions of dollars, if not trillion, to upgrade the infrastructure of this country. And it's going to be semiconductors, batteries, manufacturing, industrial, infrastructure as a whole. Washington knows the U.S. has a lot of catching up to do, Lior told us, and that's good for Silicon Valley. As part of this pandemic, we lost 100% of the manufacturing capabilities of this country. And I think the Western countries as a whole. And I think everyone now understand and you're going to see a massive swing of investing in infrastructure. And the good news is the only way to do it is through technology because we actually don't have a million people here that wants to assemble this computer or a ventilator. We actually need automation lines and software and computer vision and machine learnings and everything that Silicon Valley is really good at. Unsurprisingly, Lior said that Eclipse has a lot of interests, among them nanomaterials, as well as addressing the country's crumbling physical infrastructure, which he sees as a massive opportunity over time. Eclipse is also very much focused on chips, of which there is a global shortage right now, and that Susan Warren's could take a very long time to resolve, given the complications involved in opening more chip foundries in the U.S. and rebuilding semiconductor supply chains that the U.S. controls more fully. It's not going to fix in the next couple of quarters. Actually, it's going to get worse. It's good for some of our companies that working on that problem. But I think overall, as an economy, it's pretty bad news. Up next, our conversation with Joe Laluz of Bison Trails. But first, a word from our sponsor. Raise more capital faster with Anduin's end-to-end paperless fund subscription platform. Anduin digitizes subscription documents and tax forms for funds and SPVs, so you no longer have to subject your LPs to the same painful and costly fund subscription experience. Track investor engagement and reimagine the LP experience with Anduin. Visit fundsub.io to learn how you can streamline your subscription process and arrange a demo today. And now our interview with Joe Laluz, a longtime engineer and also serial co-founder who previously launched with partner Aaron Henshaw, a curated marketplace for hardware tech that shipped products directly to consumers and was acquired three years after it was founded by Etsy. Henshaw and Laluz stuck around Etsy for a while, investing on the side through a vehicle called Ambush Capital, until they decided to try their hand at another company. Thus was born Bison Trails, a company that wants to become the most trusted brand in the blockchain infrastructure space, and whose mission has not changed just because Coinbase bought the company back in January. We talked with Laluz about why a lot of investors are right now focused on the type of tech he's building. We asked why Bison sold to Coinbase, and we talked about what people who aren't paying close attention to the crypto world might want to better understand. Joe, so happy to have you with us today. 
Before we hit record, I was just telling Joe that like a lot of people, I'm pretty terrified of talking Bitcoin and crypto. (laughs) And he nicely promised to speak in layman's terms today. So Joe, before we get into (laughs) what it is your company does, tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to start the company in the first place. Absolutely. And thanks so much for having me on the show. My background is as a startup entrepreneur. I've been a software company founder for the majority of my career. I've founded a number of venture-backed companies in the past. I often speak in the plural we because I have a co-founder that I've been working with for almost 20 years. We've worked on every company together, including Bison Trails. Prior to Bison Trails, I worked on another startup that was acquired by Etsy, a pretty large marketplace. It's not a public company. And I was there on the leadership team for a few years. And it was actually there that my interest in crypto and Bitcoin and the blockchain space was really peaked, mostly in the form as an investor. So I do have a technical background. I'm an engineer and my co-founder is also an engineer. And so this idea of programmable money and looking at decentralizing the finance space was really interesting to me. It was still very, very early in crypto. And so got interested in the space, started doing some angel investing and some of the weirdest and smartest people I had ever met that were all of a sudden (laughs) switching careers and focusing on building blockchains or blockchain technology. And as my co-founder and I were thinking about what we wanted to do next, we couldn't get away from this idea that blockchains and the technology that powers blockchains, crypto protocols, were going to be super influential in every piece of software that's built over the next 20 years. And so naturally, we did the only thing that (laughs) entrepreneurs, startup founders know how to do, which is start building something. As we were building these products, we realized that there was a huge gap in the blockchain market in the infrastructure space. The amount of time and effort as an engineer, a developer, or an entrepreneur you would need to spend on infrastructure. So just really simple things like connecting to a blockchain network, reading from that blockchain network, writing to that blockchain network, doing very blockchain native things like staking and mining just took a tremendous amount of time. And if you looked at traditional web two early internet companies, there was some really great platforms like Amazon Web Services or Google Cloud that came out of trying to solve that need of making it easier for folks to not have to spend time on those things and making it easier for entrepreneurs and engineers to build. And that was what we started doing. One of the examples that I heard you talk about was get nodes for digital wallets. Is it true that they had to sync for weeks and now that this can (laughs) be done in seconds? Yeah. So that's a really great example. One of the first products we built was a digital wallet. And quite frankly, when you first (laughs) tried to build a digital wallet, which we were doing on Ethereum, the first thing you would do would spin up a node for Ethereum. And then you would have to stop and wait two weeks for it to sync to the blockchain, the current state, which if you're an entrepreneur or builder, there's nothing more draining on your energy or your enthusiasm than saying, okay, well, now you just got to wait two weeks and do nothing. No one wants to do that. And so One of the pieces of technology that we built is this idea of global blockchain sync, and it allows us to take a node that is a key component of the infrastructure to build in the blockchain space and do something like sync it that would normally take two, three, four, five weeks, depending on the blockchain, and do it in a matter of sometimes seconds, sometimes minutes. So it really gets you up and going as fast as possible. You don't have to wait. You don't have to worry about it. It's reliable. It's secure. Really fun stuff. Gary Tan, who we interviewed a couple of weeks ago, mentioned the company and said it's really one of the most exciting parts of Coinbase. Now (laughs) it was acquired late last year. It's being run as an independent product line. Another company 
yesterday raised funding called Alchemy, which positioned itself as the AWS of blockchain infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me what Bison Trails does exactly and maybe how it compares with Alchemy? Are these direct rivals or not exactly? One of the things that I would talk about first in the blockchain space that is really important to the question really is this ecosystem designed to win and help win and isn't a zero-sum community. Everyone that's focused on building blockchain products, whether they're new blockchains or infrastructure or companies around it, while you know they can still be competitive, is an incredibly collaborative environment. And so both Alchemy and Infura, which is another company that does similar stuff to um, what Alchemy does, there's a couple other companies as well that maybe haven't raised financing recently. And so there's maybe not been as much news about them, but are doing really, really great work in the space to make it easier for people to build. This is not uncommon in a nascent technology space. You saw this in mobile, in companies building tools to make it easier for developers to build applications, whether that was on iPhones or Androids or whatever it was. And we're seeing this as well in the blockchain space where there's companies that are coming in and saying, this is a really hard piece of technology to work with, blockchains in particular. We need to make it easier. And different companies are doing that from different angles. So I've known the team from Alchemy for a while. I know plenty of the folks from Infura, which was built out of Consensus, a labs company in the Ethereum ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And we are, in a lot of ways, collaborative and orthogonal, but also in a lot of ways, compete and, and trying to help solve some of the same problems, but from slightly different angles. In one thing in particular, Bison Trails has seen a lot of success in supporting the world's biggest crypto companies. And prior to Coinbase acquiring Bison Trails, we had announced partnerships with Coinbase to help power some of the things like their staking nodes and and nodes and proof of stake protocols, which is a paradigm shift in the blockchain space where blockchains are moving from previous mining technology to this new type of technology called proof of stake. And that's a bit nuanced, but we've been helping a lot of companies from I'm one person and I have a smart contract and a dream and I really want to build the next big application on blockchains all the way through to the world's biggest financial institutions that are building new products in crypto and in blockchains, whether they're banks or neobanks or trading applications or finance applications, all of them are trying to build on top of these blockchains. And a lot of those folks have been Bison Trails customers for many, many years. We took a very enterprise great approach in in trying to focus on some of these largest companies and really focusing on reliability and security because we felt that those were core tenants in the space. But similarly, trying to solve some of the hardest problems, which is access to these blockchains in a secure, reliable way. You founded Bison in what, 2019? It was a little before that. It really depends on when you want to count founding. It was 2017 or 2018, maybe early 2018. And you've obviously sold a company before. You mentioned selling your last company to Etsy. I just wonder why you sold to Coinbase and what the case was for operating as a standalone unit versus going it alone. I talked about it a little bit when we announced the acquisition a few months ago. And so I won't go too, too deep into this. But the gist of it is that Coinbase has been a leader in the blockchain space. They've pioneered a whole bunch of different pieces to interacting with blockchains, whether you're a user or a company in the institutional space. And Bison Trails was pioneering a lot of the work in the infrastructure space. So a little bit more technology leaning, a little bit more builder and developer focused. And we saw this opportunity to combine the companies and really create this one plus one equals three scenario, where we could continue to excel at the things we were doing well, And Coinbase could continue to excel at the things that it was doing well, but we could combine some of our efforts where there is intersection and provide products and services to the market that really nobody else could provide. 
we have a very shared belief that more people building on blockchains will provide more products and services, and both missions can be successfully achieved much faster, much better, and much bigger. And so that, that was the real desire and interest behind it. Bison Trails is a relatively young company, only a few years old, but the pull was so strong to combine forces that it really was the right decision to make. Joe, because we have a lot of VC listeners who are very nosy, <laughs> can you <laughs> talk about how much you raised and from whom? And also, I know the terms of the deal were not disclosed, but can you say if it was cash or stock or a combination? I can't speak to the terms of the deal. I can talk about Bison Trails and its previous history. Pretty early, we raised about $35 million total in a couple of years through our Series A, including a $25.5 million Series A last year. And that was led by Blockchain Capital and Kleiner Perkins was involved and Notation Capital and Gary Tan and Initialize. Gary Tan and Accomplice led our seed deal early on. And then uh, all of them obviously participated in the later rounds as well. Joe, so when we talked to Gary, he talked about this shift from proof of work to proof of stake. Proof of work was this mining, energy, inefficient, solving these calculations and coming up with currencies. And proof of stake sounds like tenured voting to me in a way, meaning people are getting rewarded for holding on to currencies longer than others and having a bigger position in these currencies. Is that anywhere near accurate or way off the mark? It's actually almost a bit simpler than that. At its core, a blockchain is a ledger, and a whole lot of people that don't work together maintain that ledger, which is how mining works. And proof of stake works the same way. But if you hold currency in that blockchain, you vote on what the state of the ledger is. So rather than relying on complex mining algorithms and these large mining operations like Bitcoin does, it relies on people who are incentivized for the state of the blockchain to be right, to be correct, because they hold the currency to vote. And so really all it is is a mechanism to incentivize everyday holders of any token to vote on the blocks that are being produced. And why is this so important? And is this already happening? It's already happening. One of the major blockchains that's in, in the middle of this shift is the shift from Ethereum 1 to Ethereum 2. And Ethereum's obviously become a very, very popular blockchain because it was one of the first to successfully enable very intricate smart contracts, which enables folks to build applications on top of it. And the reason why Ethereum has been making this shift was to help it scale. The process of proof of work mining can bog down the scalability of a blockchain. So how fast it is, how expensive it is, how easy it is to post transactions, and, and to update the ledger and to maintain the ledger. And so this has been a pretty serious trend. We acknowledged this many years ago, three, four years ago, we walked into Gary's office and we talked about proof of stake and it wasn't really a thing that existed. But we said, this is the future. This is where blockchains are going. And that is starting to come to fruition, which is really cool. It's incredibly important because it enables blockchains to reach more people and power more intricate applications. So if you can scale these blockchains and make them faster and cheaper and better, and more reliable. It's a really key piece to blockchain adoption. What does that mean for the price of Bitcoin, which is a proof of work currency? <laughs> so, so, so first and foremost, I definitely won't speculate on, <laughs> on crypto prices in general, just because crypto is a volatile market and it's a pretty nascent space and is continuously growing. What's important is that not every blockchain needs to make a shift from proof of work to proof of stake. And in fact, there's actually other mechanisms as well that I won't get into here that are also used to help update and maintain a blockchain ledger. And so depending on the use case of the blockchain, sometimes proof of work mining 
like in Bitcoin's case, is the appropriate way to secure the ledger. And so I don't have a very strong opinion as to <laughs> what will happen to the price. My focus is making sure that this technology that I think is going to power every software product and service that we use in the years to come is secure, reliable, and that it's much easier to build on. Joe, just to sort of underscore what you're offering, what are the features exactly that you're promising them? And also, how do they pay you? Is this a SaaS product <laughs> at the end of the day? Yeah. So we are a platform, not unlike a Google Cloud or an AWS, where if you're a builder or someone who wants to participate in a chain, and that can be through doing things like staking or building an application, you come to us. And instead of needing a team of engineers to spin up nodes and run those and make sure that they're up and running so that you're wallet app is able to connect to a blockchain or that you can stake on a new chain or stake on uh, Ethereum, you can just click a few buttons in our interface and do that really easily. So we have four products. The first one is Participate that's specifically focused on proof of stake, which has been a, a big piece of our bread and butter and our success. We support 30 plus protocols. So the platform, the Bison Trails platform, you can run nodes that stake on 30 plus protocols, including things like Ethereum 2 and Solana and Flow and some of these really, really great protocols that we're seeing that are getting a ton of, of traction in the, in the last few months to a year. So that's the, the first product. The second product is Query and Transact, which we call QT. And it's a product that enables builders specifically to spin up nodes very easily and do things like sync them very fast, make sure that they are globally distributed because blockchains need to be distributed all over the world and that their users can rely on the wallet applications, the trading applications that they're using. And then the next two products are live, but they're still in R&D phase. One is something focused specifically on indexing. It's a very technical product that enables people using it to analyze data from blockchains very easily and very quickly. And the other is uh, APIs into blockchains. So if you're building a product and you want to interact with blockchain using APIs, those are the four products we offer today. So it's heavily leaning towards builders, heavily leaning towards folks that are building products and services. Although really our customer base is made up of a whole bunch of technical folks, a whole bunch of technical folks at big companies building crypto. And then also a lot of, and this is unique to crypto, <laughs> a lot of folks that are aggregating tokens. So you can say maybe funds or independently large token holders that want to make sure that they're exercising their right to vote in these protocols. Great. And then again, how do you charge them? The products are slightly different, and this is very unique to crypto. But the business model is really what we have named crypto native SaaS. And so folks will pay us in a combination of US dollars or the crypto equivalent in some cases, like a stablecoin, US dollars, a stablecoin, but also each of the proof of stake protocols, as you participate in them, you're rewarded for participating in them. And Bison Trails, as a company, takes a small cut of that reward that is produced in that process for facilitating that. And so it's a, a combination of these two concepts that we've called crypto native SaaS. It's, it's pretty unique to crypto. You, you recently tweeted, crypto protocols will eat all of software. Most just don't realize it yet. Can you expand on that a little bit? <laughs> I can. When I got into the blockchain space, I would say that 90 to 99% of what I was hearing, seeing, reading, and, and not necessarily from the most technical folks, but from the folks that were interested in the space was really around financial technology. And I think that that's completely fair because in particular, Bitcoin and blockchains were built out of this idea of wanting to change the way some of the financial ecosystem works. What I came to realize as a very technical person is that the reason why folks want to make the financial industry better or change it is because there's unfair trust systems that are built into the financial ecosystem. And I think what most people don't realize is that those unfair trust systems exist 
pretty much in everything, whether it's in data or social media or in marketplaces or in e-commerce, but it's just not as pronounced. It's just not as obvious. And so I'm a very firm believer that every piece of software will use cryptographically secure protocols to transfer value. And that value can be money, can be currencies like cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Ethereum, but it can also be valuable pieces of information like data. I'll just use one really completely irrelevant example. The fact that I have brown eyes might be very valuable to a marketer and a social media platform might sell that to a marketer. And I have no say in that. If you use decentralized protocols where I own access to my own data to provide that, I can be compensated for that transfer of information. And so it really takes this idea that the internet popularized access to all information and making information seamlessly move from place to place. And blockchains enable the transfer of value to move seamlessly, trustlessly from place to place. And I believe that that transcends just financial applications. So we're seeing a ton of innovation in finance and a ton of innovation in what we're calling decentralized finance. Now we're seeing a whole lot of popularity in this media and art space through non-fungible tokens and NFTs. And we're going to see that continue to expand into other areas. Payments might be an easy one, but things like commerce and marketplaces and media as well. Is this an interest that you will pursue through Bison Trails or through your role as an investor in Ambush Capital? That's a good question. The reason why we built the Bison Trails platform and the company was to make it easier for entrepreneurs and builders to build in the space. That mission has not changed and will not change. If something falls outside of helping build in the infrastructure space, I have been personally, alongside my co-founder, been a pretty active and avid angel investor and, and venture investor and founders. I love Love, love, love helping new entrepreneurs try to realize <laughs> new dreams. And like I said, if you, if you just have a smart contract and a dream, I'm always excited to meet those folks. And if you know, it doesn't make sense for Bison Trails to be building a product to service it, I'll often try to help and often do angel investments as well. Joe, Ambush is really interesting. Is that funded by outside investors or is that your capital and Aaron's capital? And is also, is Aaron a, a partner in that endeavor? It's not funded by outside investors. The very simple story with Ambush Capital is that myself, another founder friend of ours, her name is Carly. She's the founder of a company called BarkBox, another venture-backed company that's quite large, not in the blockchain space at all, in the, the commerce space. And then Aaron, my co-founder, we've always promised ourselves very early on in our entrepreneurship careers that we would want to work with entrepreneurs throughout their careers. We recognize how hard it is to be an entrepreneur early. Everyone says no to you. Everyone thinks what you're doing is stupid or a bad idea. <laughs> and we wanted to be there to support them. And so we decided once we would see some success that we would try to give back to the community in that way. So we're a very founder focused fund. We work really closely with early stage founders in the earliest phases and obviously help them understand their businesses, their products, sometimes help them pitch, introduce them to other venture investors, really, really early, early stage uh, angel investors. And Aaron's a partner there and, and our other partner, Carly, as well. It's just the three of us and it's our capital. That's great. And I guess just for listeners who want to piggyback on your research, can you maybe mention one or two of your most recent investments? I don't know if they're open to further investment, but people might be interested <laughs> in tracking what you're tracking. Sh sure. So I personally like to mostly invest, at least these days, in blockchain and crypto. It's the area I tend to want to work with founders that I can be as helpful to as possible. That's my personal preference. I recently invested in a company called Alio, A-L-E-O, which is focused on privacy technology in the crypto space. I think they just announced a pretty large round recently led by maybe Andreessen Horowitz. But like I said, I really 
invest in early, early stage founders. Sometimes it's just one or two people, but invested in a ton of blockchains as well. Things like Near and Solana and Ethereum and Filecoin and a whole bunch of them. Yeah, Filecoin's really blown up. Well, I was surprised we had talked with Katie Hahn recently too of Anderson Horowitz, and I didn't realize that so much of their money is going straight into tokens. I think that's pretty fascinating. Yeah, it's proving to be a very different type of financing model. Most venture investors and most founders are really excited about experimenting on the different ways to truly design and understand value accrual. And so this is very unique as well to crypto and a lot of protocols, basically folks that are building new blockchains, either as base layer blockchains or on top of other blockchains are raising finances through this token model where they pre-sell tokens to their blockchain to help finance the research and development of that blockchain. It's really fascinating. And I think a lot of folks are really grateful to the A16Z and other folks in the crypto space because they've helped finance a tremendous amount of R&D and a tremendous amount of growth in the space. Joe, just a quick question about this model of investing in coins versus buying equity in a company. It's a little bit confusing to me because it would seem that as an investor, you're giving up control that you could buy through investing in the company itself. And so I'm just curious, putting on your investor hat, why does that make sense versus buying a coin? First and foremost, just being a little overly careful, nothing I've said here is an investment advice. But I would say that what's interesting about blockchain and the blockchain ecosystem is that the jury is still out as to whether value accrues at the organizations. Most of the investors that I know that are investing really early are maybe a little bit less interested in the investor control over that entity and more interested in understanding how value accrues to that entity. And so traditionally, if you invested in equity in a company, the reason why you were doing that was because that's where value accrued. In blockchain protocols, it's seeming more and more like that value is accruing in the tokens that power that blockchain. And and what we're seeing that's super unique is that you start to see those two concepts tie together where the tokens, like in proof of stake, are actually a form of governance as well in that protocol. By owning that token, you can do things like contribute to the governance of that protocol and decentralized governance. Joe, I really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure talking to you. I feel like I've learned a lot. Thanks so much. It was super nice to meet you both and super nice to be here. Bye, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you learned something we did. See you later. Alligators. Alligators.